Welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is an evening at the movies. I am your incredibly happy to be here host, Casey, and this is the movie-based podcast where we eat stale popcorn, drink watered-down sodas, and at the end of the day, we talk about all of our movies that we love and why we love them, sometimes occasionally movies that we don't like and why we don't like them. (laughs) But we try and put a positive spin on shit. So, with that said, I am also joined today by everybody's favorite co-host, Amanda. Hello. I'm, not, I'm gonna say I'm not saying it, so you better fucking chime in. Hello, everybody. Feels like it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we did what two the other day. Yeah. And then a sip list yesterday, so. Mm-hmm. Last night. Yay, good times. So, so spoiler alert. Um, theoretically, the plan for this week's episode was we were supposed to be joined by a guest, and we were going to discuss Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Dead Man's Chest. But... Um, that episode may be getting put off for a little while for personal reasons. And I would just leave it at that and we will move on. So in the meanwhile, uh, while we were recording last night and talking on the SIP list, somebody, not naming any names, Amanda, came <laughs> up with an uh, idea on her list of a movie that neither of the two of us had seen for a while, but we both love. So we're going, we actually watched the movie last night, and we're going to discuss it today, and that will be this week's episode. So, yay! And I will say this right now, nothing's going to stop us now. (laughs) We can build this thing together. Stand strong forever. Well, hopefully, because, well, no, because we've been doing this for two and a half years. We know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) I mean, it's not like it's reinventing the wheel. I mean, for those of you who don't know, we, we will be talking about the 1980s classic rom-com, Mannequin. Woo! Which, 
I won't speak for my co-host, but Jesus God Almighty, this movie has everything that you would ever hope for in an 80s rom-com. Well, it was my number one 80s rom-com, so <laughs> clearly I agree. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it's got a hot cast. It's got a funny cast, good jokes, good, well, I mean, depending upon your quote-unquote great taste, jokes, <laughs> taste and quality, you know, the, I personally think the writing is amazing. Yeah. Some people with a more quote-unquote refined taste may not necessarily agree with me, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is my show. This is Amanda's show, and that's what I have to say to you. Sweet. Since the video is not releasing, then you don't get to see what I did, so bite me. <laughs> so, um, yes. So, let's see. Mannequin released Valentine's Day weekend in 1987. It was directed by Michael Gottlieb. It was released by Gladden Entertainment. It had a box, a budget of $7.9 million and a whopping box office of $42.7 million. <laughs> Very nice. And also, by the way, fuck Rotten Tomatoes, but... Um, Queenie, go ahead and guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is. <sighs> Let's say 43%. And you would be 23% wrong. It's, oh wow, it's 20%? What the fuck? It had, a, yeah. I don't, I could see what? the seat. <laughs> matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up and look. Because if Mannequin, the original, had a 20% Rotten Tomato score, I would like to know what the hell Mannequin 2 on the move had. Because that movie was a hell of a lot worse than the original. Yeah, um, I mean, that's awful. 20%? There's your screenshot to prove it. Well, I believe you. <laughs> I, I know. I wasn't saying you didn't. But. Just crazy. Uh -huh. I swear to God, if this one has a higher than twenty percent Rotten Tomato score, I'm gonna be. Oh no, it's worse. Yeah. Not by much, but it's worse. Well, there's really a whole hell of a lot of freaking wiggle room on twenty percent. Mannequin Two had thirteen percent. Yeah. Well, Rotten Tomatoes can. Go fuck themselves. And yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, we <laughs> will not be discussing Mannequin 2 on an evening at the movies. Oh, Thank no. you very much. Right. Have a nice day. I love Mannequin and what it stands for, but nope. All right. So in your expertise, are you ready to try and beat the clock? I sure am. Let me know when you're ready. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Set. Go. Jonathan Switcher, an unemployed artist, finds a job as an assistant window dresser for a department store. 
When Jonathan happens upon a beautiful mannequin that he previously designed, she springs to life and introduces herself as Emmy, an Egyptian under an ancient spell. Despite interference from the store's devious manager, Jonathan and his mannequin fall in love while creating eye-catching window displays to keep the struggling store in business. 29.52 seconds. Yeah. And I did want to say, because um, I feel like this is something we should be doing on this show, um, is um, letting people know where they can watch the movie. So, because oh, yeah, we, we watch them on usually my Plex server, but sometimes we watch them on other stuff. Mannequin is streaming on Max, so if you have Max, you can watch it there. Yes. It may be available for rent or whatever other places, but with a subscription, it's on Max. Well, yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that we tend to talk about on Evening at the Movies, you can find places like Prime. Yeah. And rent for $2.99, $3.99, whatever the going rate is on Jeff Bezos' Corporate America <laughs> streaming service. But yeah, if you haven't seen Mannequin, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, get Max or find right. someone that has it and watch it. Also, in case you don't know, if you have AT&T for your phone carrier, you can get Max for free. Or it's included. However yeah, you at, at this point, I can't even keep up with the shit that comes along with different cell phone packages anymore. It's like... I know. It changed because like what you used to get with Sprint isn't the same now that T-Mobile has taken over and all that shit. Yeah. Well, and the only reason I ever find that stuff out is from commercials. Because it's not like they send us, an, at least I don't think, I never get an email saying, hey, Max is now included. It's like, I'll see it on TV and I'll be like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> so, anyway. No, well, you, even like the whole Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN bundle. Yeah. I, all, I've had all three since the inception of said services. And... Up until like two weeks ago, I finally saw something pop up as to how to bundle all three together and get the cheaper price. And it's like, oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, wow. Sorry. Well, I, I, yeah, I've been paying like freaking nine ninety nine a month for each one of the three services when I could have been spending like fourteen ninety nine for all three. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I knew that. I guess I. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's well, it doesn't seem like it would be that complicated of an issue, but I mean, I might have gotten in on the ground floor right before that bundle came out as well. So that may yeah. have been why it never popped into my head as to how to put scissors all three together. True. So, all right. But yes, definitely if you are interested in checking out Mannequin. It is available on the HBO. Well, it's not HBO anymore. It's Max. It's Max. So definitely check that out. So. All right. Typical jumping out of the gate discussion question time. Okay. Um, what about the movie really grabbed your attention when you were, what, eight years, nine years old? Yeah. I I, I want this is a one of like a handful of movies that my brother and I would watch on repeat when we were kids. Um, we're we're Gen X. We were home alone all summer. All we did was watch movies, and our parents did not 
filter our movie watching. So, um, I first of all, I think the whole giant ass department store being locked in overnight as a kid, that's like, you know, a dream and they play with all the stuff and they have all this fun. And I'm like, that would be awesome. That's almost like a precursor to the whole concept of chopping mall. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the only difference is, is Emmy's not turning into a freaking psychotic robot and freaking blowing up your freaking pancake sized nipples. Yeah, exactly. Could have been a lot worse. Oh, he is not talking about mine, by the way. Let's clear that up right now. We're talking about no, somebody. No, in the no, movie. no, no. <laughs> no, no, I know I that. I'm just, yeah. Go check out the amazing 1980 something horror classic, Chopping Mall. A great movie. Highly, recommend. highly recommend it. <laughs> it is not it is a so great choice. movie. <laughs> it is so choice. If you have the means, I highly I recommend, highly recommend picking one up. One up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like the playing around in a store overnight is just so fun. And then I, you know, the window displays. Um, a mannequin coming to life was a little creepy to me at first. Like, mannequins always creeped me out. But, um, of course, this mannequin was a lot nicer than, you know, evil. How about well, mannequin, but a horror hotter movie? too. I, I could do a mannequin horror movie. That could be kind of cool. <laughs> anyway. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they've done like the Banana Splits horror movie. They've done like a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. True. Why, I could, why not reinvent the franchise and turn mannequin into a creepy ass fucking horror movie it could work yeah and if it doesn't work oh, what well. do you got to lose freaking the og had a 20 percent rotten tomato score right okay. which is ridiculous it's so ridiculous anyway <laughs> well and like i remember being a kid like mid-ish Grade probably third grade ish, fourth grade ish when Mannequin came out and seeing the trailer on TV. And like there was some amazing jokes from the movie that were in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Like the whole um, Caribbean vacation type situation with him and Emmy rolling around on the floor mm -hmm. and Felix catches him and he looks down and he's like, ooh, switcher. Ooh, yeah. switcher. One sick puppy. Yes. Um, I remember laughing my ass off at that. <laughs> fucking line. And that was one of the initial reasons why I wanted to see that movie because I thought that fucking line was hilarious. And then you finally get to that point where, yeah, at that age, my mom probably wasn't taking me to the movie theater to go see that movie. Right. So I had to wait until it came out on HBO or Showtime or whatever service it came out on. And finally watched it, but I think it was on late and my mom ended up oh, yeah. on VHS. So yeah, that, that was the bane of her existence then because that movie rapidly became one of those eight times a day watched on a cycle. Like that, Back to the Future, and probably The Goonies uh -huh. were probably the three movies that we first recorded on VHS that she probably come, came to hate 
because of the fact that those were like the three movies we watched over and over and over and over. It's like literally we went one, two, three right in a row and then back to number one and one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. Three. <laughs> Probably it helped feed my addiction for um, purchasing all the wealth of DVDs that I have now so that I don't have to consistently watch the same three or four things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Very true. But, yeah, I mean, once you get into the freaking movie and you actually start to meet said characters, like, I'm going to sound like a typical guy for saying this, but, oh, my God, Kim Patrol is <laughs> hot as fuck. Yeah, I mean, she is. She, she's a very good-looking woman today. And yeah. this is, what, 40... 35 years later. Yeah, one of her later. one of her earliest movies. I think the only one I remember before that is Porky's, but she might have had some other ones, but Police Academy. Oh yeah, duh, Police Academy. Hashtag yeah. it just dawned on me last night while we were watching Mannequin. Oh. Her and GW Bailey yep. together again. For those of you who don't know, G.W. Bailey plays Felix, the security guard in Mannequin, and Captain Thaddeus Harris <laughs> in the Police Academy. Move it, move it, move it. <laughs> hey, dirtbags. <laughs> That's you people. Very, very cool. Uh, but I mean, you also... Estelle Getty is in the movie. Freaking Meshach Taylor uh-huh. as Hollywood is. I would venture to say Hollywood almost steals that fucking movie with just. Oh, yeah. He is amazing. He's in the movie. And how amazing of a job he did throughout that. Mm-hmm. Pieces that he's in. Um, yeah. Definitely. Estelle Getty's character is definitely a far cry from. The one that everybody will remember her in as being Sophia from Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, again, G.W. Bailey, James Spader's in it. Oh, James and, Spader. That comb over man. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and again, we, we actually did talk about this one last night as well, but I mean, there's not a big, huge gap in time between when Pretty in Pink released and when they probably had to start shooting Mannequin for it to come and, out in 87. And there is a huge difference in appearances between what you see in the movie theater for James Spader in Pretty in Pink and yeah. then how he looks when they start shooting Mannequin. And less than zeros in Definitely, there too. I think it's right about the same time. I will know here shortly because Lesson Zero is out for delivery and will be at my house uh, sometime in probably the next hour. God, that may be. Hashtag coming soon to an evening at the movies because that is also a very quintessential 1980s movie that uh-huh. everybody should have to watch at least once in their life. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, it's it's hard to pick and choose from the wealth of amazing moments in this movie, but is there 
a couple, two or three moments that you can recall right off the top of your head that jump out and really grabbed you by the ears and said, laugh at us, fool. We are funny. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely anything with Hollywood. He's so like, especially with the water hose and the like, two things <laughs> I love to do, fight and kiss boys. <laughs> like, Mine's he, bigger than yours is. <laughs> he he's just hilarious. Um, I think all, you know, maybe not as funny, but all the well. First of all, yes, funny when she first comes alive, and he's just so shocked. And you're know, like, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, I told him the world was round, and I never saw him again. <laughs> right. Um. It's just funny, and she's like, "I'm going to be 14 and one next year." <laughs> like, it's just, it's hilarious. Um, and she plays it so well. Like, you know, it's just. Well, and you she, even made the comment last night that the amount of awe and wonder and amazement in her performance when mm -hmm. stuff happens, like her hang gliding through the fucking store. Yeah. She's just excited about everything. The part with the nail gun. She's like playing with all... Yes, she's like a she's child. Like a kid, she's like a kid in a candy store. Because she was wrapped up in a mausoleum in Egypt for however long that was. And, yeah, being told she has to marry this guy, that guy, and then finally getting promised to a camel dung dealer. <laughs> yes. That would be a shitty freaking spouse to have to marry. Yeah. And Pun intended. <laughs> and she's like, you know, didn't I tell you you're the only one who could see me like this? Like, she's so matter-of-fact about it. Like, oh, you're supposed to know that. <laughs> right. Um, but I definitely think any, yeah, again, anything with Hollywood, he has some of the best lines in the movie, for sure. I mean, you know, you know I'd never interrupt you when you're getting a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> as he's standing there in the bathroom making out with the mannequin yes but even yes, then yes, still yes. like like you said last night the cry he has oh. that, <laughs> that's actually a very good freaking attempt at copying the cry but, <laughs> and I know it's very by today's standards with wokeness it would be deemed offensive but back in the mid 80s and well the majority of the 90s anyway but you know that was one of those stereotypical type jokes that was made yeah. about gay people was you know they're also they're feminine very effeminate yeah hollywood and is definitely the token gay guy but you know he played it well and his lines were great. So, you know. Yeah. No. It, it, it's very tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, it's also, in my opinion, it. I could see how some people might consider it offensive, but... It's mildly day, offensive. It's, <laughs> yeah. But that... It's, it, don't get your panties in a bunch, people. It's not that fucking bad. He's in that time in the 80s where, like being gay was just suddenly kind of being okay or whatever. But if you were out, you, ha especially if you were in any kind of like 
fashion or decorating or anything, whatever, you had to be this out there flamboyant type of person. And mm-hmm. not saying there's anything wrong with that because many people, gay and straight, are like that. I think that's awesome. Like, be authentically yourself. But in the 80s, that was definitely a, a trope for gay men in movies for sure. So nice. And for those of you not watching on video because we don't really my packages came. Pow! Nice. So, I currently received the complete series of Martin on DVD as well as Less Than Zero on DVD. So, yay for an evening at the movies. Woo-hoo. Oh, and that's mom's package. So, um, no, one of the other, I mean, like, going back to the bathroom scene where Hollywood catches Jonathan and Emmy making out in the bathroom and he has his little Amanda copied cry that <laughs> you know everybody is conglomeration conglomerating out in front of the bathroom listening at eavesdropping and they're like what's going on and they're like it's either our new vice president the fairy or the dummy, and <laughs> referring to the, the crying and that you can mm-hmm. obviously hear through the bathroom door. I mean, the movie is freaking hilarious. If you're not looking for highbrow, quasi-intelligent, clue-esque type humor, and you just want to be able to turn something on and watch and not really have to fully engage your brain then mannequin is your fucking movie yeah and it's very slapstick which i love there's it's so it doesn't get boring because of i mean everything but the slapstick comedy especially with um what's his name and rambo (laughs) like they're just so cute felix felix thank you my bad and you know uh, Estelle Getty, even though she wasn't in it that much, she really had, like, she was such a powerful force. And she had some really good, I mean, when she goes, I don't care if he puts a rubber glove on his head and runs around naked screaming, I am a squid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Delivers that so well. (laughs) Yeah, and again, that's the beauty part of Estelle Getty and her talent is a lot of people are going to latch on to the memory of her as Sophia Petrillo in Golden Girls. Uh-huh. And yes, at the same time, she's a very talented actress and she made um, her character in Mannequin incredibly memorable and great and all of that. But It's really not the same character at all. Oh, yeah, not at all. So, yeah, they're funny and all of that, but it's it's totally different kinds of funny. But, yeah. um, yay. Um, 
So I know we were kind of sort of discussing before we hit the record button. Um, obviously, there was a sequel that came out in the 90s that we won't talk about because it was 7% <laughs> worse than Mannequin on Rotten Tomatoes and probably should have been a bigger of a gap, but it is what it is. But evidently in 2010, which is still a long time ago, there was a prospective remake being talked about where, um, well, I'm going to pull it up so I don't word it wrong, but in 2010, Gladden Entertainment executives were said to be in the early development stages of the remake, envisioning a plot of of uh, early development stage of the remake, envision, envisioning a plot of the man crushing on a laser display hologram as opposed to a mannequin. However, no further details were made public about this development. So, uh, terrible. Factor, factoring in that idea and just even just in general, a complete remake in general what would be your thoughts on mannequin getting a remake in by today's standards i mean not that remake um but maybe something i mean I'm, i'd probably be okay with i don't know i don't know it's I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that's all well, I got for you. I, I, I can't I, decide how I'd feel about it. See, this is one of those ones kind of like, um, and I brought it up kind of sort of briefly last night, maybe not full-on metaphor, but um, like right now, we're currently waiting on Netflix to release... Beverly Hills Cop 4. Okay. And for me, as a big, huge fan of the original, that's one of those things that I really wanted for a long time was to see hopefully more from that franchise and have it be something that delivers on the same grand scheme that the original did. Mm -hmm. And... Um, with this movie, I kind of sort of feel like it's been, what do we say, 36 years? Something. I almost kind of would like to know what happened to Jonathan and Emmy after all these years. I mean, at this point, they're both probably fucking grandparents, the way that they'd be freaking humping when they were in their 20s? <laughs> I don't think Andrew McCarthy is a grandparent. At least not when I read his book. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. But Well, you also have to remember, too, how old we are right now. And he's yeah. probably... He's not that much older than us. Probably in the window of 8 to 10 years, though. Oh, he is? Uh, uh, 
Okay, he was born in 1962, so I take that back. He is significantly older. He's literally like 15 years older than we are. He's 60. That would. Yeah, 60, 61. One year either way isn't going to make that big. But yeah, we'll just go with he's 60 years old. So obviously, he's old enough to be a grandparent. But his kids are his kids are young. Like I'm looking at this, his son's 20 and his daughter's 17. So. Well, oh. Yeah, but you also have to remember, too, for the majority of his 20s and early 30s, he was a fairly sought-after, busy actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Thanks to... Anyway, not the point, but... <laughs> no, but that the whole point that I was trying to make, though, is I want to see, would like to see where Jonathan and Emmy are today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still may or may not be a great telling of the story. But, you know, as far as nostalgia purposes go, I would I would personally enjoy it. Now, as far as like a remake goes, I, I hate the idea because obviously they're going to have to modernize it. And mm-hmm. with technology purposes today, yeah, it's going to have to be holograms and all of that shit. And it's just not something that even sounds remotely interesting for me so if it was to be done by that standard i will come out on an evening at the movies and fully and hatefully bash on the remake because it doesn't need to be done (laughs) yeah i agree so um as a whole what you're i mean obviously we both love this movie and are kissing this movie's ass. Uh, yeah. But I mean, what are your thoughts on everything pieced together as a whole in the grand scheme of the circle of life? I know wrong franchise, but still. Yeah, whatever. Um, I, I think it's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't understand that, that low Rotten Tomatoes score. I mean, if you're watching it now, again, you've got to watch it in the mindset of it being an eighties movie, but still, I think, you know, the story is very cute. It's a nice little fantasy. I think they made the movie really fun by having most of it take place in the store. Um, All the different characters just bring their own quirkiness and hilarity to the movie. And I think it has a really good pace. Like, I don't feel like there's any of it that really drags. So I think overall it's, you know, albeit cheesy, but that's the eighties for you. I think it was a great idea and I think it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of what I would have to say basically would be a rip off of what you just said anyway, but <laughs> mannequin definitely is every th- great part of the eighties taken out of the pop culture air and thrown into one movie. And I mean, it's got a pretty solid soundtrack. One of the greatest movie theme songs of all time, bar Uh none. I don't, I will argue that point with anybody until I'm blue in the face. If I was to probably pick my top five favorite eighties movie theme songs, Nothing's going to stop us now. Would probably be somewhere safely inside of that top five. 
Again, the cast is incredibly talented, funny. I mean, again, if you're a girl, Andrew McCarthy, probably not a bad thing to look at. If you're a guy, Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad image to look at either. You know, funny, smart, ish. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun ride that you can go along and enjoy for 90 minutes. Uh-huh. And then just be happy that you got to experience the story. Is it one of those movies that I have to watch five, six, seven, eight times a year? Probably no. not. It's one of those movies that I don't think I need to have as big of a gap in between viewings as I did between this time last night and yeah. the last time I saw it. Because it's probably been a long time. Because I don't think I've seen it streaming and I have never owned this movie on DVD. So yeah. it would be when I owned it on VHS. So, and that's been a long time. Yeah. So, but I am going to put my creative sack on the chopping block and say that I will personally, because of how much I love this movie, give this movie five out of five amazingly hot mannequins um i think i give it if i'm being objective i give it like 4.7 but with my heart i would definitely give it a five (laughs) which still at the end of the day even if law of average is factored in you know you're looking at what a nine point So, yeah, roughly over four and three quarter stars out of five. So, yeah, it's definitely a movie that both of us highly will recommend if you haven't seen again, if you haven't seen it. Seriously, people, what the fuck? This movie is freaking great. Everybody in the world should see this movie more than once because this is not one of those one time viewing movies. This is one of those movies that you can watch and go back to again, you know, once a year, twice a year, and completely enjoy the viewing experience and laugh. Well, probably not cry because there really is no sadness to the movie. I mean, there is a little bit of sadness come the end of the movie when we almost lose the beauty and wonderment that is Kim. Yeah. Kim. That got close. So, yes. But definitely, if you have not checked this out, find a way to get a max subscription if you do not have one and go check it out. Run, run, run. Do not walk to your nearest max streaming service and check out Manicure. Oh, show. So. Yay! That was exciting. I'm so glad we got to talk about that movie because I love Mannequin. Me too. I love Kim Cattrall. And 
Duh. So many other aspects of that movie I love. Like There's No Tomorrow. And there really isn't a it's bad thing a about that movie. It's just a fun ride. Even yeah, like freaking... It's a really oh, fun oh, ride. Horny, underappreciated foreigner being Armand. Even he's fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's you. You're so uh, cold. Where can I get a mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did he ever scream, Don't stop! What do you do, you? Oh, man, so, I love it. With all of that said, um, what do you have coming up on the SIP list that the listeners need to be made aware of? Um, well, in the next couple of weeks, depending on when this airs, um, since what or what inspired us to talk about Mannequin was our top five 80s rom-coms, um, which we did, Casey and I, with Patrick from a Vintage Video Podcast. So um, definitely check that out if you want to hear our other rom-coms that we loved. Hashtag. Spoiler alert, Miracle Max Robinson. Enough said. <laughs> oh, so, man. Um, yeah, the, obviously we've got this coming up. We've got episode three, hopefully coming up soon, of Literature Reapers as well. Um, we'll be finishing up the top greatest Tom Hanks movie bracket here in the next couple of weeks, as well as... Chansey from uh, Maniacal Musical Musications will be coming back to discuss Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. 2. Uh, superhero movie, Stephen King Birthday Bonanza, horror movie. Yeah. Halloween Horror Fest. I almost forgot the name of my own fucking month. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of stuff coming up, and you can find us on social media and stay updated that way. Or just keep tuning in each and every week, and we will keep cranking out amazing episodes every week for you guys as well. Um, as all of the shenanigans and all of that, we love the listeners, and we love doing this for the listeners as well. Each and every Tuesday, we have live draft episodes as well. And yes. coming up last night, on the drafts, we talked about um, my top 100, and I don't recall what the other draft was. Uh, Only because we're mm-hmm. record we're recording this before, but releasing it after said draft. So okay. I know what tomorrow's episode. I know what tomorrow's drafts are. Tomorrow's drafts yes. are one-liners and black sitcoms. I'm excited. And then, yeah, my 100. And I don't, I'm not sure Harvey fucking made his choice yet. Oh. I don't know. Yes, that's right. For those of you who listened to the draft episodes, spoiler alert Harvey actually fucking won a goddamn draft. <laughs> that he did. Hashtag love you, Harv. Oh, that's funny. So, so yeah, definitely come back each and every week. And um, 
I'm not going to completely steal Amanda's closing. So I will turn the microphone over to her and peace be with uh, you. And the floor is yours, co-host. Uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. And we hope you all come back for an evening at the movies. I'm not going to do it. I'm trying oh. to be respectful. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> nope. I'm trying not to do it. I'm not going to. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs>